Welcome to the 12th Street Daily, a podcast intended to encourage our faith family as we seek to become apprentices of Jesus. Well, good morning, good evening, whenever you're listening to this, I hope that you are doing well. Welcome to another episode of the 12th Street Daily, uh, where we are continuing on through our series called The Cloud of Witnesses, where we are discussing um, different people and different just giants, really, in church history um, that we need to know about. As I mentioned before, a lot of things have happened between Paul and Billy Graham, um, so Southern Baptists, we need to be aware of these things, we need to know these things, and we need to um, tackle these things so that we can know our history, know where we came from, and ultimately worship God for our rich Christian history. Well, today, the guy that I'm going to be talking about is someone who, I'm going to be honest with you, not a very popular guy. Uh, somebody who I believe um, many see as either a monster or a hero. Um, but in all honesty, he was just a man trying to live for the glory of God and to teach for the glory of God. This man's name is John Calvin. Now, many of you are probably sitting there wondering, oh my gosh, he's talking about Calvinism. Oh my gosh, he's talking about John Calvin. Um, listen, John Calvin is so much more than Calvinism. He is so much more than uh, the five points that his name uh, gets tied to so many times in just discussion and all of those things. So let's talk about a little bit about John Calvin, and then we'll go on what we can learn from his life. John Calvin was born in uh, the year 1509, so just a few years ago. Um, from an early age, he was a just insane, insane student. Um, he excelled at Latin, could speak Latin from a very young age. He was a philosopher um, overall. Um, he was prepared to go study theology in uh, Paris, but his father said, eh, nope, you're not going there. You're going to be a lawyer. So he actually spent a half a decade in, uh, Par- in France studying law, but he hated law, hated it. He wanted to be a theologian and philosopher. That is what he wanted to do. Eventually, he interacted with the uh, writings of a guy that we just recently talked about, Martin Luther. Once these writings reached France, um, his life made an abrupt turn. It was insane. This is what he said about the writings of Martin Luther. God tamed to teachableness, and mine too stubborn for its years. For I was strongly devoted to the superstitions of the papacy, that nothing less could draw me from such depths of my earth, and so this mere taste of true godliness that I received set me on fire with such a desire to progress that I pursued the rest of my studies more coolly, although I did not give them up altogether. The guy read Martin Luther, and through that, God awakened a fire in Calvin's heart that he said, Oh, law school? Nah, I'm going to read about God. I'm going to be a theologian. Changed his life forever. And so we need to understand that, man, this guy, like, was so impacted by Martin Luther that he goes on to be so impactful that I would honestly say that Calvin maybe even, we may even see more impact from Calvin today than we actually see from Martin Luther. So when John Calvin was 27 years old, um, this makes me feel sick because it's the same age that I am. I'm sitting here trying to grind through a master of divinity. Um, when he was 27 years old, he wrote his first work that is now called The Institutes of the Christian Religion. Um, it was meant to be a manual for young Christians. Um, I don't even know if I would call it that, to be honest with you. I mean, like, I'm sitting here looking at this book on my shelf, and it is probably one of the thicker books that I own. I mean, it is massive. Now, granted, I will say this. It had many revisions. He, revi- he Like, he revised it all the way up until right before he died. Um, it ended up being close to 80 different chapters. And, I mean, this is what he says about this book. It is the whole sum of godliness... And whatever it is, whatever it is necessary to know about saving doctrine. So, 
incredible work. I mean, I have not read the entire thing chapter to chapter. I've read different sections of it. It's just, it's really good systematic theology in a lot of ways. Um, but I don't even know if I'd classify it as that. It's just a really good book on the Christian faith. Um, it's incredible. I would encourage you, if you don't have a copy of it, pick it up. It's the best way to know Calvin outside of listening to some preacher who lies about him. Go pick up a book about Calvin so you can learn about Calvin. Don't listen to guys who don't know what they're talking about about Calvin. That's my problem with people who go against Calvin. Anyway, side point. So Calvin actually didn't want to be a pastor. He just wanted to be a theologian. So when he was in Strasbourg, France, he was studying there, he made a detour in this town called Geneva, Switzerland. Uh, he met a local church leader there named William Farrell. They were like on fire with the Protestant Reformation at this point. Um, Calvin said, hey, I'm only going to stay one night. And Farrell said, no, it is God's will that you remain in the city. Calvin says, no, I'm just a scholar. I'm just a theologian. I'm not a preacher. And Farrell swore an oath that God would curse all of Calvin's study until as he stayed in Geneva. Calvin later said about this interaction, I felt as if God from heaven had laid his mighty hand upon me to stop me in my course, and I was so terror-stricken that I did not continue my journey. The dude just stayed, all right? He was so horrified that God was going to curse this man, was going to curse his studies, that he said, you know what? I guess I'll just stay here. And by God's grace, he did. Geneva turned into something of only God's working. It is incredible what came out of Geneva. Um... John Knox, um, who's another theologian who was heavily influenced by Calvin, discipled by Calvin in many ways. John Knox said that um, Geneva was the closest thing on earth to Jesus' school of the apostles. I mean, that is how close, I mean, how much Christian, how much Christian teaching was in Geneva. Um, he, he, in Geneva, while he was there, he started a ministry. He preached over 2,000 sermons. 2,000 sermons, twice on Sunday and almost every weekday. And on the days he wasn't teaching and preaching, he was lecturing at the local uh, college on the Old Testament and New Testament and all other things pertaining to the Christian faith. The dude was a juggernaut when it came to teaching and these things. Um, his sermons lasted more than an hour, and he did not use notes. Actually, even studying for this podcast, I actually learned, I knew that people um, kind of got fired up against him in many ways. Like uh, People would uh, talk and would um, you know, try to distract him. I actually learned they were fire guns while he was in there preaching inside the church. And that just cracks me up. I mean, like this guy's up here preaching about God and all these things and just, just guns blasting in the background. God just kept preaching lasted more than an hour. Um, and he didn't use notes. I mean, that's just mind blowing to me. I preach without notes sometimes, not often, but man, for an hour without notes, God just knew it. All right. So, um, probably one of the most unpopular moments in Calvin's life was um, the Servetus trial. Um, many of his um, opponents will use this against him in many ways, and understandably so. Um, there's this guy, his name was Michael Servetus. Servetus was a um, was a heretic, denied the Trinity. And during this time period, that warranted death. I mean, he was, you know, considered a, her- a heretic. Well, him and Calvin kind of started a correspondence through writing. Um, Calvin begged him to recant. The man didn't recant. He actually ran to Geneva to get away from the Catholic Church that was hunting to kill him. And Geneva arrested him for being a heretic right there on the spot. Um, Calvin wrote to the city council of Geneva and said, listen, we do not need to burn him at the stake as a heretic. We need to behead him as a traitor because he has betrayed his home country, he has betrayed all these things. Uh, city council of Geneva said, eh, nope. They tied this man to a stake, uh, chained the last copy of his book about going against the Trinity to his leg, and burned him alive. And Calvin didn't really try to stop it. Um, so a lot of people use that against Calvin. 
Um, and this is one of those things I, I mentioned earlier. No man is perfect. Um, nobody is perfect. So, I mean, there's there's both sides of this argument. Did Servetus deserve to die? Absolutely not. Um, but was he wrong on his doctrine? Yes. Calvin was actually very pastoral with him and wrote letters. Like, you can go back and look these letters up, how he begged this man to repent and recant of his teaching, but he did not. Ultimately, Calvin uh, worked himself to death. I mean, ultimately, that's what happens. Um, he eventually got to the point where he could not walk the couple of hundred yards to his church. So he was carried in a chair to preach when the doctor said, hey, you can't do that anymore. Um, he then gathered as many people into his bedroom and taught from his bed. To those who would urge him to rest, he said, what would you have the Lord find me idle when he comes? And he ended up dying. He ended up dying, um, of really just worked himself to death. So what can we learn today from John Calvin? What can we learn from such a man who has such a popular legacy in some areas of the church and a not-so-popular legacy from some areas in the church? I have one passage that comes to mind, and it's from 2 Timothy 4.2. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. In this passage, Paul is telling Timothy, his young apprentice in the faith, to preach the word. Let the word do the talking. And that is what John Calvin did throughout his entire life. John Calvin was just enraptured with the glory of God. That is ultimately what I believe that we should learn from him, is that this man preached the word because he was so just enthralled with who God was, what he had done for us through Christ, and everything that he had done for us through the cross. This is what he said about this. He said, The glory of God shines indeed in all creatures on high and below, but never more brightly than in the cross. John Calvin was someone who was enthralled with the glory of God so much so that he preached the word always in season and out of season. There was never a time when he said, You know what? I'm going to take a day off because days off didn't exist in John Calvin's eyes for the glory of God. He said, Do not let the Lord find me idle when he comes. Brothers and sisters, do not let the Lord find us idle when he comes. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of 12th Street Daily on this season of Cloud of Witnesses.